everyone. Welcome to another mini-sode. Yeah, mini-sode. I know, it's kind of weird, but yeah, welcome back. Um, Today's story actually comes from a listener by the name of Oka. Uh, Oka was only nine months old when her mother was brutally murdered in 1991. 22 years later, in 2013, police arrested her father based on a theory that he had murdered his wife for financial gain. So let's get into this. Poor thing. So she's advocating? She is advocating for her father. Mm. Mm -hmm. What a difficult project to have to take on. Mm Mm-hmm. Her mother, Usha, and her father, Shankar, married young and in many ways grew up together. They were both immigrants of India and had lived abroad most of their lives where they had learned to combine their ethnic traditions with Western culture. As the years went by, they became successful and their relationship grew stronger. They had bought and began running a little motel for $30,000 in 1987, which they were able to then sell for $1.2 million. Wow, good for them. Yeah. With their profits, they decided to put a down payment on a Best Western in hopes of expanding and growing their business. Their hopes and dreams would come to an end in November of 1991 when Usha was murdered as she was on her way to pick up her daughter from school. As she stepped into her garage, she was brutally murdered with her youngest, Oka, still in the house with their nanny. Shankar was suddenly a single father of three young children, a baby, a toddler, and a school-aged girl. What happened next is a sad and twisted tale of greed within a grieving family. After Usha's death, the family spent two weeks gathering and praying to mourn her death. Her sister's husband and Shankar's brother-in-law, Dr. Arun Patel, had advised Shankar that he would help him with whatever he could and would help him get all of his affairs in order. He told Shankar that their father-in-law, PJ, had asked him to collect Usha's belongings, such as her jewelry, designer dresses, and saris, as it was tradition for her father to hold on to those belongings to one day pass down to their children. Grief-stricken and preoccupied with the death of his wife, Shankar believed him and allowed him to sort through their belongings. He believes that while doing so, Arun must have come across their bank statements. He remembers that he started collecting all of their financial documents, insurance paperwork, bank statements, and even Usha's pocket diary, which contained private information. When Usha and Shankar had their first child, they bought a life insurance policy as it was a requirement for them to get a loan for their first business. Since they traveled abroad regularly, they decided to make Usha's sister, Banu, and her husband, Arun, the children's guardians, and the ones who would manage the trust should anything happen to them. Shankar started getting a little suspicious when just two days after Arun had left with all of the paperwork and Usha's valuables, an insurance agent visited the home to have him sign off on the life insurance claim, which he hadn't filed, so he assumed that Arun had called to do so, pretending to be him. Mm. Just Sneaky. a little shady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shankar and his family left their family home to live with his father's older brother, KB, as it was too difficult to live in the place where Usha had been murdered. While staying there, Arun called to speak to Shankar, and what he called to say was what he least expected. According to Shankar, Arun said, I know how much money you have in your savings account. I am the trustee of the life insurance policy, and I'm willing to not make a claim for the insurance money if you wire me $350,000 into my bank account. If you don't do this, I promise I will ruin your life and spread rumors that you had something to do with Usha's death. So blackmail. Blackmail, extortion, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it, it's messed up. Especially because it's it's like it's his brother-in-law. It's family. All Shankar could say was, Usha and I trusted you. How could you do this? And hung up the phone. Arun and Usha's father joined forces and in 1993 sued Shankar for the insurance proceeds. 
So now it's the brother-in-law and his father-in-law teaming up and going against the the dad in this family, her dad. Okay. PJ, Usha's father, was a shrewd and authoritarian businessman, strict in religious practice, who was willing to do anything to protect his reputation. Usha's immediate family, her husband and children, strongly believe that it was his criminal business dealings that led to Usha's untimely death. PJ had for years complained that Usha and Shankar were not traditional enough and that PJ and his wife should raise their children. This hostility between the families made it easy for Arun and PJ to join forces. If Shankar was found unfit to take care of his children, not only would Arun and Usha's sister Banu get the life insurance money, which was more than a million dollars, but PJ would also get the children. Unable to prove that Shankar was unfit to care for his children, the civil suit was declared in mistrial. Arun and PJ wanted to continue fighting, but Shankar just wanted to find his wife's killer and be there for his children. So he settled with Arun and PJ and gave them some money for attorney fees, and the rest of the money was put in a trust for his children. So he still ended up having to, like, give them money. That's crazy. It's just, yeah, it is crazy. They decided to leave California and move to Alabama to be closer with other friends and relatives that they had. Everything seemed to have settled, and they went on with their lives as best as they could until 24 years later in 2017 when a cold case unit decided to take another look at Usha's murder. Shankar is convinced that his fate was determined before ever stepping in the courtroom. He is convinced that the prosecutor in his case wanted to complete his career by closing out this case and that he enlisted Arun and Banu as witnesses in the trial against him. The two provided fake witnesses and false evidence and was determined to taint the story of his marriage with Usha. From their lies, the prosecutor created an untrue image that he and Usha had a bad marriage in order to convince their jury that he must have arranged Usha's horrific murder. The prosecutor used Banu's statements rooted in years of mental abuse from her father and husband and years of deep-seated jealousy to use against Shankar. What the people did not know is that Banu was not close to her sister Usha and did not ever have her best interest at heart. During the investigation, detectives examined evidence including gloves discovered in the front passenger seat of the victim's car. Detectives were able to match DNA from the gloves to a man by the name of Miguel Angel Garcia, who was charged with Usha's murder in 2012, and ultimately pleaded no contest to a count of first-degree murder. He is now serving a sentence of 25 years to life in state prison. As the investigation continued, detectives were convinced that Shankar had paid Garcia $7,500 to orchestrate the murder. So they know he did it, but they still think that somehow her husband was involved, and Mm -hmm. so they're now going after her husband for it. Murder for hire is very difficult to, like, navigate through. Like, it is and it isn't, because, like, I feel like I've heard cases where, like, it's a clear murder for hire because they found, like, a burn phone and they found... Mm -hmm you know like text messages or calls back and yeah. forth the day of, like so sometimes yeah. it's very obvious but other times you're right it's kind of like just this theory that you yeah. gotta say like it would make sense if it was this but they really have nothing they have nothing to go on mm. what was not investigated and one of the main reasons why shankar and his family are fighting for his innocence was usha's father's shady business deals he had been receiving threatening phone calls before and after her murder And she and her father had had a hand in evicting criminals from their motel who had ties to Garcia. So there's a lot there that just was never really looked at that would make more sense Mm -hmm. that the dad had something going on that would have affected her just because they both worked at this motel together. Mm -hmm. 
Unfortunately, Shankar is facing life without parole, and Oka's story has many more interesting and eye-opening details that we just don't have the time to go over in this episode, but her father has written an incredibly detailed blog in which he explains why there is plenty of reasonable doubt that still exists in this case. To learn more and to read the complete story of this twisted web and family lies, please visit life-without.org. This is the the blog that her father mm-hmm. and that the family are running. Um, there really is so much about this case that I just I can't get into, but her dad does a really good job of like telling his story, telling his wife's story, mm-hmm. the family story, and then really goes into detail about the different business deals that mm-hmm. the father was involved in, the st- the story, the dynamic between Usha and her sister, which really was, it wasn't a great sister relationship. Aww. There was a lot of jealousy and like resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it would really make a really great movie, which I know that's crazy to say, but mm-hmm. like there's just so many different twists and turns, twists, turns, levels. Um, Wasn't there a, a bomb threat? Yeah, there At was some a, point. There was a bomb threat. There were so many things going on in this story that, uh-huh. like I said, for one of our minisodes, I, like we just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. But it should definitely pique your guys' interest and go to their website, go to the blog, see how you can help. You know, anything anyone might know would be helpful for them because they're still fighting for her father's mm-hmm. innocence. And that's crazy that the actual murderer had ties to her father. Right. Yeah, he they go into like, a lot of detail ugh. about that as well. So it just seems like there's very little other than her sister and her brother-in-law and the father mm-hmm. pointing the finger at the husband mm-hmm. because that's all it is. It's just like he said, she said. Yeah. Whereas there is actual stuff going on with the father who has ties to these really shady characters who would have way more reason to murder her than her husband when they had a very decent, like, happy marriage, happy life. Mm -hmm. They also go into um, one of the, like, blog chapters is the relationship with the sister, according to the blog, had had, like, a crush on the husband. Oh. And had kind of made moves on him. Okay. Yeah. That That he was like, hey, like, no type of thing. Yeah. And so... There's also that element of, A, like jealousy, but also, like I said, resentment, not only because her sister had gotten to marry this guy and mm-hmm. had a really happy life where Banu had a really like sad and abusive relationship prior mm-hmm. to PJ. Mm-hmm. There was also this like um, rejection that she felt from Shankar. So it's it's all very crazy it's all very sad mm-hmm. um we want to thank oka for sending in her story and for letting us into her life this way it's obviously all very personal but the fact that they're still fighting for her father is mm-hmm. you know it's incredible and we hope continue fighting yeah it's exhausting for any family members that have to take on that role of trying to exonerate someone that they love um it takes a lot out of someone physically, emotionally, mentally. And so for them to continuously do this fight to to try to exonerate him or get someone to at least look at all this other evidence and all these other ties that apparently were missed in the beginning or ignored or ignored, yeah. the tunnel vision, I'm sure it, it can be a lot. So um, all while still having to like relive this crazy, awful, horrific mm-hmm. thing that happened to her mom 
and be grieving for her at the same time. Yeah. And then and then on top of that, like you said, like having to fight for her father. It's like the fear of losing both parents. Yeah. And it's never ending. When mm-hmm. did this happen again? I mean, when Oka was little. So it's been probably so, decades by now. Yeah. Her murder took place in 1991. And um, it was 22 years later, I think, in about 2013 that he had been arrested. Mm. So it, it was for a long time kind of just like this okay you know it is what it is they didn't find her murderer like let's just try and move on with our life and then all of a sudden having to kind of like jump back into things yeah Uh, i do know that they have an instagram page as well um i only know this because they started following us and i recognize the name um but their page is called free shankar s-h-a-n-k-a-r Um, And so basically their whole social media pages, um, not only talking about their case to help free him, but it seems like they're really advocating for exonerations in general Mm -hmm. for people that are wrongfully convicted. And um, I've seen them post on other people's pages as well, trying to, they're encouraging other people who are also going Mm -hmm. through the same thing. So it's really nice to see that there's this like community of family members who are supporting each other and um, trying to navigate this really crazy criminal justice system that we have. Yeah. So again, thank you, Oka, so much. We hope you guys enjoyed the story. Like I said, there's a lot more. So please visit the blog for like a full picture the Whoever is running this blog did a really good job. It's very, very detailed and mm-hmm. paints a really clear picture of the like inner family dynamics going on. Okay. If we have any other listeners that have um, stories that they would like to share with us, either something that's happened to you or someone that you love, please email us at unjustlypodcast at gmail.com and maybe we'll be able to share it on one of our minisodes in the future. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. We will see you next week for another full episode. Mm -hmm. Thank you, guys. Bye.